Hey everyone, this is Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, myself, Nick, Cherry Chan sit down to talk about accounting. And before we get into tax accounting for real estate investors with Cherry, who's obviously an accountant, that's why we're talking about accounting with Cherry Chan, we talk about her story because Canada is a land full of immigrants. Our parents are immigrants. Cherry is an immigrant. And it's a fascinating story. Wait till you hear about how her parents made it from mainland China to Hong Kong. Um, and then we get into her story and journey coming over here to Canada. So if you want to skip ahead kind of to the real estate uh, tax accounting part, you can kind of skip ahead 20, 25 minutes and we'll jump into that. But I really think the value of this is listening to what different people go through because sometimes every I think the grass looks always greener on the other side and when you hear someone's story and you you hear their kind of struggles and challenges and see what they're fighting through um, I really think it gives you a bigger context and perspective for your own life so I love listening to other people's story uh, stories I love kind of understanding how they got to where they are now um, Cherry is a real estate investor herself um, she, uh, she not only an accountant but they're her, together with Irwin her husband they are investing in property so just all-around great story love sitting down with Cherry and, and talking um, and again we get into the uh, tax stuff kind of more halfway into the podcast so if you want to skip ahead to that you can and before we get started with that I want to share something. If you're listening to this and you want your own blueprint for investing in your own properties or you don't understand how people are buying properties and you question like, how are they able to buy one, two and three properties? You know, I hear it's hard and it's hard to find properties. It's hard to find cash flow. Banking is hard. Everything's hard when it comes to real estate. And it's kind of true. Real estate is hard, but it's possible. And you want to own assets because we're in the middle in this country of the destruction of the middle class. And if you don't own assets, you are going to be left behind. Mark my words. So if you want to um, understand how people are doing it, we have put a blueprint together from one of the investors we worked with. You can get that at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash blueprint. That's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash blueprint. And you will get that blueprint of an actual investor who is buying properties. And if you're listening to this and you get that blueprint, just understand that there are hundreds and thousands of different people that we've worked with here at Rockstar to do this stuff. So you want to surround yourself by other people who are doing this. It helps you move along your own journey. And it's why we are so happy to be surrounded by people like Cherry Chan. So we had a great chat on on uh, this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show with Cherry. We'll definitely be bringing her back again. And with that, let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, we have Cherry Chan with us. Nick, can you hear me, by the way? <laughs> Nick's <laughs> refusing to answer. Listen, every time he's on, I want him to know that if he, I want to know if he can hear me or, or, or not. So Cherry Chan you know is what, with us. And when we do, Nick, no, I'm just going to speak over you and block you out. When we do, a, a sorry, we can't hear you. <laughs> when we do a conference call, Tom will always start. He's like, Nick. Can you hear me? Oh, no, 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 not Nick. Can you hear me? Sorry, Nick, are you there? And I'm like, I don't know. We were speaking on I the phone like, like 10 seconds ago. I feel like an there. old guy or something, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just want to know, like, are you there or not there? And also, Noha is on uh, the podcast with us. She will probably, you won't hear her, but she's listening in. Her mic's live, so she might just grab the mic and start spewing out tax advice to Canadians. <laughs> um and uh, Noha just started working with us today, so she's on the podcast listening to how we do this stuff. And Cherry, uh, I just want to start, I know you're an accountant and all that professional stuff, mm -hmm. but we need to talk about, and we'll get to the tax stuff, but I need to understand how your mom and dad got to Hong Kong. <laughs> so you got to tell us, like, can you tell, they were born in mainland China? Yeah, they where, were. Where in mainland? South in China. And is it a small city of only it's, 18 million or something? Oh, no. <laughs> I, I actually don't know the size of the village that they were born in. Um, I think their villages are right next to each other. And um, they were born and they were born in the communism China. And back then, what they do, did, the government did was that um, they would rank people by um, 
I guess, how wealthy they are. And the ranking would determine how much so resources. So when you're born, you just get a stamp on your on, on you? Yeah, basically. Um, the family is based on the family ranking. So we were uh, we were ranked at the bottom of the ranking, meaning okay. that we like they may have some farmer um, uh, rank. Okay. And so we receive, supposedly my, uh, my grandparents were receiving the least amount of resources from the government. Because communism, it's about sharing all the resources and being redistributed by the government, right? So we were receiving very little. And they were farmers, so they were working hard. And uh, you know, back in the days when you are farmers, you want to have the human resources to work on the farm, so they had seven kids. So that's from my mom's side. Arranged marriage or no? Uh, I think they were arranged marriage, okay. and they're still married. Cool, awesome. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so your your mom is part of seven children. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and then um, and then my dad's side, also the same rank, um, village next door. Um, when they my well my mom's side, uh, because there were seven children, and daughters are usually rank um, below, lower, right? yeah, lower. Yeah. Um, so my grandfather has two boys, the youngest pretty much the youngest, and then my mom's the second oldest. So she was forced out of school pretty much after, I think, junior high, or maybe high Jeez. school. Okay. Yeah, maybe grade grade 10 that she's done. Um, and then my dad uh, wasn't so smart with school, so he basically quit school after primary school. That's what I was told. Okay. And so my grandfather could not stand the system, so back then, what do you we, mean stay in the system? Because his uh, kids weren't in school or something? I don't know. Okay. I, I don't. He really wasn't able to get his allotment of whatever he was getting. Yeah, I. Well, he wasn't receiving any respect because we were ranked the lowest, right? So he. That sounds just so horrible. <laughs> you were ranked the lowest. Sometimes I wonder if Canada is just like full of people who weren't ranked well from different countries. Like our parents came from nothing, right? And they end up in this country. Yeah. And I was, sometimes I wonder, is like everyone just here, like you didn't rank in some other country, so now you're here and we're all kind of doing well here together? It's yeah. like the land of misfits in Canada, that, but it seems to be working. I don't know. Well, there are the immigrants. Well, I went through the, my family went through the immigration process, right? Like there were a portion of the process is that you need to have entrepreneur. Like we went through the entrepreneur uh, program to come here. So there are a portion of the people that are doing at least somewhat well at their home country. Have sure, a that's so, fair. And I shouldn't yeah. say that, that we're yeah. just a full of country. Way to go. But our dad, our dad came with three dollars on a boat to Halifax. Yeah. You mean, know what? Next time you're going to insult people, though, pick a specific group. Don't just do a <laughs> wide range like that. Yeah. If you are in Canada right now, you are you were stamped when you were born as a very low member of what, whatever. What I like about the story, and I'll, I'll let you continue, but I, I like how open and honest it was. It's like, look, you know, we didn't want, you know, to have a big family for because we enjoyed kids or anything. We were on the farm. <laughs> we needed, not even we needed labor, we needed human resources. So we kept having kids because we basically couldn't afford donkeys to kind of pull the plow so we had kids. This is great. At it's least true. I was insulting everybody. Nick's basically associating all of us with don as donkeys. That's great. Well, no, I guess basically maybe just cherry. No, I'm joking. <laughs> well, there's the other side of the spectrum, right? I belong to this Chinese community, and I've heard stories about how people are trying to come to Canada. China is big, right? There are There is a portion of the people that are making really good money. And then Pull the mic in front uh, of your... Yeah, yeah there. Yeah, there we and go. And then there is a portion of the people that are not making money at all, and they're trying to get out of the system. And, and so I've seen people coming here illegally, trying to stay illegally as well. So, like, to your comment, it's totally fair. Yeah, like it's two different spectrum, and we're trying to find out, find our life here. So, and how did your how did your parents get over to Hong Kong? So my dad was trying. Oh, sorry, my grandfather went to Hong Kong first. Somehow, I I never heard about the story how he got to Hong Kong. So he was living in Hong Kong all the time. And did my, he swim over? Probably. Okay. Oh, there is a. I, I don't know if it's a lake. Oh, we call it a river. How like how long would it take to swim it? It's not that long. Okay. It, uh, there, there was a, like back in the days yeah. when I crossed the bridge to go back to China to visit my family. It's a bridge. It's pretty long, but it's not that long. Like it is so, swimmable. Yeah, yeah. So my dad had been uh, trying to get to Hong Kong multiple times, and I think at least over five, six times, and he uh, he was not successful. He always got caught by the uh, border guard. So uh, back then or maybe even now, I don't know about now, but back then, if you got caught and you have no money to get 
yourself out, you would be locked in the jail. So he was locked in the jail multiple times. And through the, I guess, mutual uh, friends, my mom met my dad. Um, so my my dad was like, oh, she was in jail me? too. No, she was. I'm joking. <laughs> no, not <laughs> outside of jail. And they went to Hong Kong together. And my mom didn't know how to swim till today. She still doesn't know how to swim. And for some reason, she's the lucky charm. And she went with my dad. And apparently, they were trying to hide underneath the bush because nobody really take care of the sure. bush at that location so she was hiding under the bush and she got really lucky a guard just walked by her and didn't notice her and she was able to just walk through or swim through a little bit wow and then so got she to must the have used side. the bridge a little bit or something was there a no, bridge the, back then well there was a bridge but she didn't use a bridge okay it was all so underneath. she floated on something or? yeah or oh, maybe it wasn't that deep i'm not yeah, really too okay. sure but a guard was passing by her and she somehow sneaked in. You know, our father escaped from you. The reason I know about like, you know, you're talking communism, like our father grew up in so with socialism. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's weird. I was talking to one of his friends when we were over there a few years ago. And he said, you know, in this area, people used to work really hard. But then when socialism really came into play here after World War Two, everyone kind of just figured out over a few years that it, no matter what you did, you would get like your piece from the government. Yeah. So the work ethic of the younger people that were born back then really started to deteriorate because mm -hmm. people were like, well, why should I really work hard? Because I'm just going to get something anyway. And he said before that came into play, they really had a hard work ethic. And he noticed in his life how the work ethic had deteriorated really greatly. And it, I just laugh now because socialism kind of getting reborn here in North America. Oh, and, yeah. and now I'm like just wondering, I'm like, does anyone who's really pro a proponent of socialism have they ever any spent any time in a country that had some of these policies in place? Like, do they understand what they're going after here? And uh, it's just interesting times to me because there's definitely a resurgence of that talk here in Canada, but more in the States even, which is shocking to me. But anyway, we're, get, we're getting off topic a little bit. Well, the, the uh, I mean, I'm still trying to get used to... Um I guess I get I get a little bit of entitlement. Like even when I grew up, like when I say I grew, up, like I ha I'm a lot I'm a lot luckier than my parents because my parents grew something in Hong Kong, like built something. And um, I when I first graduated from Waterloo, um, I think I got to. Um, so when did you come? How old were you when you came to Canada? Sixteen. Okay, got 17, it. Seventeen, maybe seventeen. Yeah. When I first graduated from Waterloo, uh, the accounting program, I wrote my exam, and I somehow got on the honor roll, and I couldn't lift up Sony to. Means somehow, somehow, I know, yeah. somehow. Oh my gosh, ninety nine percent, and uh, here I am on the honor you roll. You were one of those people. Yeah. How'd you do on the test? Yeah, oh, yeah, I think yeah. I failed. Yeah, and you got ninety nine. I didn't do back. well at all. Yeah. I got ninety eight percent. No, there were a lot of smarter people in my class. No, seriously, like I'm. Okay, so sure, serious. you got ninety six. That's fine. I, it's a good way to attract clients about your accounting ability. When you <laughs> no, I was not like I feel like I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. But then I I got out from school. I felt like I like it's a, it's the system that everyone is saying like you go through the accounting firm you're supposed to be promoted every single year that's how the accounting firm worked back then um, and I didn't get promoted one year and I got upset or I didn't get a raise I get really upset but it's just that that sense of entitlement really grew over me um, because you felt like you should have been getting that raise yeah but it's huh. it's the other way around ever since I um, started my business because <laughs> now you know it's kind of like what you yes. earn yes oh yeah 100 yeah, percent. like yeah. it's like that's 20s. tough because who knows maybe you were being looked over for incorrect reasons cherry but now that you run your own business you kind of realize oh, it's you are you you no, have to I earn was, everything you get yeah, i was totally a brag but <laughs> it, it wasn't it wasn't it was i wasn't like i am today huh, so. that's interesting mm -hmm. wow Okay. So you came, your parents people. came, so your parents, they get into Hong Kong, they start their own business of some sort? Like, no, my dad was bad at school. Okay. So he had no education. So he, I think he's realized that, but he has this drive in him that I don't know where he got it from. And he essentially started learning the, uh, being an electrician. So he wrote his exam and he learned it on the job. Back then there wasn't like license and stuff. And so he started learning on the job and over time he got to uh, write his first exam and he passed it. So he's some sort of a licensed electrician. Um, but there are multiple levels. He failed the second level multiple times. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, 
But over time, he started learning. Um, you know that saying, you're the average of the five people that you hang out with. So he tried to hang out with people that are better than him constantly. So he had that vision and he started driving and then started his own small business. Um, he's a contractor general contractor but he doesn't want to deal with the day-to-day -day residential people so he decided to go for the bigger stuff so he met these people um at a bigger charitable organization so by home these charitable organizations would um have schools uh hospitals and um oh homes that they operate and so he would bid on the projects for these uh bigger like bigger projects rather than this got it so he was a hustler yeah he was yeah he is still is uh, he's here in canada right now no oh he's not here yeah he's only you are here uh yeah i'm the only one oh, in got my it. family yeah. got it okay and then what's your mom doing then over there uh, Am I asking you two personal questions? Oh, no, 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 no. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, but he's yeah. also uh, she's also a hustler. So she would get... Um, I like it. Both your parents are hustlers. I like this. <laughs> yeah, so she used... Before she had us, um, I think she's regretting it now. <laughs> she's regretting having you? <laughs> having both, <laughs> uh, both children so young. Okay. Um, she openly said that well we don't like uh, like don't like she doesn't like to take care of kids okay <laughs> she I got openly it. said it multiple the Asian times culture just very you've tried blunt. to take your kids over there and pawn them off onto yeah. her for a little are bit you guys right? just very oh. blunt <laughs> like are asian people just more blunt than any any other culture in in the world uh, no it's just our family <laughs> just your family's very blunt okay <laughs> so she um she went um she had no skills uh not had no skills she was a teacher back home back in the village okay. so when she went to hong kong she learned how to sew to operate a machine and back uh in those days hong kong has this big textile sure. yeah, uh, yeah. industry and so she started we've there. bought many shirts from hong kong <laughs> and then she when she first came to canada she did the same thing she worked at the factory and back then there were still a few factories here locally operated by chinese okay. people um anyway she picked up the skills there and when she was raising us she would have a machine at home and because it's such a um, crazy industry, um, so they would actually have these driver that would take all these uh, materials and drop off it at the bottom of our building and we would pull, pull a car. Here in Canada? No, back home. Oh, sorry. And then so she would take it back home and then start working on it day and night while wow. we are. So she would do it at home. She would be the seamstress yeah. or whatever oh, yeah. in the machine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Then you decide, they decide to get you into Canada. Uh, my dad uh so it wasn't me it was merely really for my brother my brother didn't really do well in school my dad i like how you're just telling her like no one did well in school no one has any skills but you're the one who got 96 percent at waterloo in accounting <laughs> my i didn't get six, 96 percent from waterloo i got in my mind you got 96 percent. yeah yeah just for the record because <laughs> for the people who are yeah. who got 96 percent is not very fair they know no in my mind so you got 96%. someone's gonna someone's gonna go look it up they and be like hey guys yeah. they can email us and complain <laughs> um so um my 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 mom usually did really well in school but she never got the chance because she was the second sure. oldest um my brother was more like my dad so he was a lot better with his hands than um his uh school academic um i'm a parent today that i'm a parent now i would be able to relate to how i would have taught my brother if i were his mom but back then we don't know we all hustle and we just thought that well school is the biggest thing you need to do well in school well, we and, all did yeah yeah so my brother went to the worst school in hong kong while i was in the best school like worst school in our district in our area and i i went to the best school and do you so, pay to go to school in hong kong um very little okay yeah very little um it's publicly subsidized it. there okay. are private one that you have to pay for um so he my dad felt that if we give him a second chance to come to canada and he would be able to learn some english um back to my dad's business for a little bit because my dad is bidding on these bigger contracts and they're all in English. I remember he didn't even graduate, maybe primary, maybe he barely graduated primary school in uh, China. He had no training in English. So he was paying people to do the translation and the bidding, um, the bid itself is like this thick. It's like two, three inches thick because they lay out every single thing that all you have to English. do, right? All in English. So to him, to, my, to my father, it's his... Um, kryptonite english is his kryptonite he felt inferior to everybody else around him because of english so um so he wanted to us to 
he mainly wanted my brother to have a second wow, chance. Wow. So is your brother here now? No. Where is he? He's in Hong Kong working for my dad. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought the whole story was going to end. Did I miss that? I thought the whole story was going to be the brother is here. So, so you're the only one who has yeah. left Hong Kong. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. So we both went to school here, went to high school here. I might, I think my brother finished high school. Okay. Um, he might have done a couple years of college, but I don't know if he actually finished it. So you went to high school. So when you came, you came here by yourself or just with your brother? With my brother and my mom. Oh, and your mom came here for and a they, bit. Yeah. They so, both okay. went back. Yeah, yeah. they okay. both went back. Wow. Yeah. I thought you came you? over here by yourself. They yeah. put you up someplace. You started going to high school by yourself with no one around. I'm like, no, oh, that's no. that's aggressive. Well, like having my mom and my brother around was pretty aggressive too. Like at the time I when I was in high school in Hong Kong, we went through English English school, but we never really needed to speak the language. Like, I mean, I study accounting or economics in English. I know the terms, but conversation-wise, I didn't know anything. So when I first came here, like before I came, even arrived, the summer, like two weeks before I came here, I went to um, a study abroad trip to England. And I thought, oh, well, I already went through that. I knew some English, I'm gonna be okay. Like. I could communicate a little bit, but I wasn't, if I turn on CB24, it was a huge shocker to me. I turn on the TV, watch the news, CB24, I couldn't understand a thing. I could have told you, you got to watch the kids' shows, man. You got to watch <laughs> kids' TV. I probably going, to the, going to the news right away, that's aggressive. So I couldn't understand a thing. Yeah. And I... I used to when we were in Croatia I used to watch the Smurfs uh -huh. with uh, and it would be in English but it would have the Croatian like captions yeah, and closed captions underneath it. I'm like yeah. this is perfect because it was yeah. kind of like easy Croatian you know because yeah. the, the language was really easy so yeah you missed out going to the news you got to go to the cartoons well but then I thought that the, the news was the easier one than the conversational, right? Like it's proper. So at least because in Hong Kong, when you learn English, it's all written. So it's it's all proper uh, English versus the other, like if you watch a show, it's too conversational, too too much slang for me to understand. Anyway, like it took me years and years and years. Okay, so you go learn. through high school, you go to Waterloo. Yeah, I Then Waterloo. you finish Waterloo and you start working at one of the big accounting firms here in Toronto? I, or where? When I was in Waterloo, so we had an amazing co-op program so I started in a small Chinese Asian accounting firm and then um, and then after two terms I went to a medium-sized Jewish firm uh, in Toronto which later merged to uh, into Deloitte okay Jewish, got yeah. it yeah got and then we were I, I thought was you were going to say another culture I was with an Asian <laughs> firm then I was with a Jewish firm and then there was these <laughs> Scottish guys and I started working with them okay yeah, got it yeah got it. the the Deloitte one was fun the me uh the Jewish firm was also a lot of fun yeah okay yeah, okay so then at this point the well the Chinese firm wasn't fun Oh, it was also ex uh, exceptionally fun. Oh, yeah. We work with like 10 <laughs> girls the same age as us. And that's how I met all my partners. Today. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. And then so you speak Mandarin or Cantonese? I forget. I, uh, my mother tongue's uh, Cantonese. I can speak conversational Mandarin. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. Um, Wow, what a journey, Jesus! I mean, Cherry, like you are a strong woman. So, congrats to you. Like, no, your 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 parents. Well, not I mean, as strong as my mom. No, yeah, yeah. but just hearing the story. I mean, I've I've we Nick and I say this all the time, but being born in this country and then having your own children in this country and then yeah. trying to tell your children, look, <laughs> this is a joke here. You know, this is all so easy. Don't complain about anything. You know, you got to see these other countries. They're uh, a disaster. Well, you know what? I'm curious, and it's something I was ask, asking Noha earlier today. Is why. So like why Canada? Like what brought what like so? I guess like why not? Did you guys look at going to this U.S.? Did you look at going to England? You know why was it that you you guys decided to come to Canada? Was it the easiest access for school for you and your brother? Um, I think it's the cheapest program at the time. I I'm not sure. I think it's the debate between uh, um, Australia and here, okay. and U.S. is notorious to be tough to get in. So I think it's a debate, the debate was between the two and Australia and here were, it, it, we were both, we are both really um, similar in terms of pricing and everything, so. Yeah, and big, uh, there's a big Asian culture in, in Australia just because of the proximity. I remember yeah. when I was there, it was, you know, even the, the, the Australians there who were born there, they're like, yeah, over the yeah. last, I mean, I was there 10 or 12 years ago, but they said uh, that just the, the amount of Asian influence in Australia had been growing like heavily at that time. So I'd yeah. imagine it's only increased with the outflows of Chinese people and Chinese yeah. money to all over the world, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. You should have seen the Market Village, uh, not Market Village, the Markham, um, mall 
they have like sex and fifth and then they have um Mercedes I thought you said sex. That's what I thought. Oh, they're having sex, sex in the market. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> okay. and, sorry, no, with my sorry. accent. No, no, it's good. But, You're good. But um, also, like all these different like nice stores, there is a jewelry store like from Hong Kong located in that nice mall, Marfil Mall in Markham. It's mm-hmm. all like when I grew up, it, Marfil Mall was not as nice, nearly as nice. It's I think I went to the yeah. Chinese mall out in Markham to buy illegal DVDs for like that five. Was, yeah. That's, that's that, Pacific Mall. Oh, sorry. I have the wrong mall. Okay. <laughs> that's, where all the no, that's where all the knockoff stuff is. She's talking about the real oh, designer stuff. Yeah, I couldn't afford yeah. any of the real stuff. Yeah. What's it called? Yeah. Mar- Markville? Markville. Yeah, it's okay. owned by Fairville. I think really? Fairville, maybe, maybe Oxford or Fairville. I, yeah. You know what? Sometimes I just like going where there's a lot of Chinese people just to see how much money, like just to see like all it's the crazy. designer because they're carrying you know one in five people is carrying around a bag that was worth five to ten thousand bucks yes and it just it blows my mind i'm like how much how much money from the manufacturing that went over to china like how much money went over there that's now coming all back to spend it on all this of the money good? went there like way more than i can yeah. imagine right like it's yeah, just well it's after world war ii all the money went to america europe's destroyed yeah. all the money goes to america they have all the factories yeah then America ships all the factories for cheaper labor, let's yeah. be frank, yeah. to China. Yeah. They get all the money. Like, this yeah. isn't even a mystery, yeah. right? Yeah, like, well, here, what we consider, the, what the average Canadian that's been born and raised here that doesn't have much of, you know, maybe hasn't traveled that much or whatever, what they consider wealthy here compared to what's seen in, in you know, in Asia, Middle East, we were speaking about earlier, is like, it, it, there's a big, massive gap. Well, what's the population of China right now? Do you know? No. What is it? A billion? It's got to be a billion three or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing. But if you take the top 1%, like what's 1% of a billion? 10% is 100 million. 1% is 10 million? Um, so am I right there? So one, one it's coming up is 1.4 billion in 2017. So it's like 1% 14 million? I don't know. I'm doing the math too quick. But if that's right, then Canada, the population of this country is 36 million. So that means the top 1%, you could ship over the 1% here. It's like half the country of Canada you know, and they're like loaded. Like, what's the top one percent in wealth in China? Think about that. Yeah. Holy yeah. smokes. Like, the the way that they make money is so different too. My pa- my grandparents have um this con like I I don't even know if it's it's called condo a unit. Okay. Um, they separated into two units and rented one out. It doesn't have elevator. It's like 20, 30 years old, and it's. Obviously, over the last 20, 30 years, the development had been crazy, right? So being one of the um, older buildings, meaning that you're basically in the middle of the town. And so the government is now looking to, or like some developer is looking to buy the entire building. But instead of getting the, um, instead of getting money, you, you will get a compensation for a, a new unit in the new build building, which is worth significantly more than what you have. Um, so they're looking at getting like two, three million back while they pay maybe 200, 300 RMB back in the day. So like the, the return is crazy. Like the, how they make money is also crazy. So they're really just making money on appreciation of assets that they've owned. Stuff. Yeah, my my, my mom pay for it. The, the kids pay for yeah, it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Like it's and land because farmland was you now exchanged to build stuff. Like it could be shopping mall, it could be anything on top of it. And so there are a lot of people that got rich like essentially overnight too. Different world. Assets. Yeah. Assets. yeah, no, so it's assets. the same thing comes right. to assets. It just appreciates at different levels yeah. when you have like billions of people swarming around, yeah. right? And, so. the, and the inflow of money that you have going the in. The inflow of money. Well, it's like what happened in the Toronto area, right? Like what's happened in the Toronto area the last 10 years? It was the inflow of money yeah. caused asset price. And not just real estate. I mean, well, we can talk about real estate, but stock markets and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But it's like, it's the, 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 the just the, the huge ca- influx of cash that changed the value of all these mm-hmm. things. It messed and up continued, everything. And the continued population yeah. growth. And it's no different in China. Like what happened, like so in the last 10 or 20 years, like you said, there's been this huge growth in China, right? All this, yeah. you know, and the, there's been the, the development of middle, cra- middle class. A lot of people have moved up kind of the wealth ladder and things like that. Yeah. But the people that have been left behind were the people without assets. So if you owned assets, or in the la- the ne- it's a great example because if you owned assets in over the, la- the last 20 years in China, you immediately without doing anything else, got further ahead and jumped up the kind of, you got a higher stamp or whatever you were talking about. You were graded as a higher human being in you China. You were branded when you were born. Brand, right? well, that's Lowest <laughs> class <laughs> burns on you. Like, I don't follow as much as probably you guys do. I could only speak from my like relative's uh, um, 
my experience, my uh, stories that I, the stories that I heard from my relatives, my my mom's side, uh, the seven brother, uh, the seven siblings. Um, in November, I went back and I saw all seven of them, include like obviously including my mom, and all of them, each of them would have at least one property, at least if not multiple. And then obviously they're talking about like millions of dollars that that they pay like maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars for, and now it's millions of dollars. And they work so hard to pay off, or work so hard to come up with the down payment initially to pay for, pay for to buy that asset, and now it's appreciated like crazy. Yeah, but the yeah. people without the assets over the same yes. time period, yeah, they're left behind. Yeah. It's the same story. Kind of, it's it's kind of sad, right? Yeah. It's the same thing when war broke out in Yugoslavia. There, like either you, yeah. you if you had assets at the end of it, you kind of made out okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. some people grabbed assets illegally, of course, yeah. during that kind of thing. But if you had assets and stuff, you kind of made out. You didn't really yeah. lose your position. Yeah. But if you had sure. nothing, any any paper dollars you had just kind of went worthless, and you went even further behind. Yeah. You know, yeah, assets are always the key. Oh, yeah. um, wow, that's a crazy story, Cherry. So, would you are you, would you ever leave Canada? No. <laughs> Your kids are born here. Yeah, my kids are born here. And um, uh, my goal is to visit my parents once a year. Yeah, and, and you, you've been doing that though, right? Um, not as often as I want. Probably okay. once every other year. Because you guys are always on cruises. <laughs> you're, you're, instead of visiting your parents, you're going on a cruise in the Caribbean. That is true. Because every time I talk to you, you and Erwin are going on some other cruise. Do you know that your parents know about that? That yeah. you're choosing the cruise Would you like them? us to communicate that to them? <laughs> they don't speak English. <laughs> That's okay. There's Google, Google Translate. Translate yeah. <laughs> we will communicate to them. I did try to convince my mom to use Google Translate, yeah. but she doesn't really want to. Um uh, it's 15 and a half hour flight in case yeah. you don't whatever know. excuses you want to tell yourself cherry that's okay <laughs> <laughs> um and there's no built-in babysitting once you get there so like there's just not that much upside yeah, yeah. 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 Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, okay so then uh take us to the transition you leave the corporate Can Can corporate canada mm -hmm. and how long have you been out on your own as your own accounting firm so officially it was 2014 but before that i was doing side job like smaller but okay. not going after any any okay clients. so it's already been five years that you've been out on your own yeah yeah good for you what a story so um and then i'm curious that transition to go out on your own scary like is it what you thought harder scarier oh it's so hard <laughs> it's hard right it yeah. is really hard i like for anyone who started a business would, could, would be able to relate uh it's so hard um I thought I just need to follow Tom and Nick's system, just write some blog posts, and that's that. That's it. And then all the all the people will. Um, the funny story was that when I first got license, I I got my realtor license. I'm not practicing my realtor license at all. But when I first got my license, I thought, oh, I just need to be a, a CA. Then people would come to me. It's so <laughs> so naive, so yeah, so naive, silly. So silly. Yeah. <laughs> I use those nice words, <laughs> but it's it's so silly. Like, but you survived. It's, you're five years in now. You're surviving. Yeah, I, You're a I survivor. think I'm surviving, but I'm not. Like I could do a lot more. Yeah, uh, we all could. You're just yeah. a critic of yourself, like all of us are, which is normal. Yeah. So okay, so you and you prim primarily the way we crossed paths is because you basically almost I don't know if you specialize or if you tend to, but you work a lot with real estate investors. Yeah. And because of that, you've I think you've probably accidentally kind of learned all the ins and outs of the Canadian tax system as it applies to real estate investors. Yeah. So I started investing first. Uh, the other day on, on Sunday, we just went back to the first uh, investment property that we bought before I went out on my own. I was still working. Um, I got Who a, convinced you? Was that you? the one you bought with Irwin, I imagine? Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. So at the time we were dating, uh, we were still dating, and um, he introduced me to this uh, idea of investing outside of Toronto because I had a nice townhome, executive townhome. Uh, I make like maybe a hundred grand, like not even a hundred grand at the time. I did, drove. Did you sell that thing though? I thought you guys kept it. I, we kept it. Oh, okay. I wanted to sell it. Um, couldn't get the price that I wanted, but it, was, it turned out to be a... Blessing, Good, yeah. to be you honest. You don't sell assets. Yeah. Good. So I had that uh, townhouse. I bought it. And it's now um, close to a million. Not quite a million. But I refinanced that property. I had no money. I was living paycheck by paycheck. Good. Yeah, like everyone. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So I refinanced it for some reason. I don't know why. I would trust this guy. He went out and do sh some shopping. Who, and this guy's Erwin? Yeah. And okay. he's like, well, let's buy this property. And I'm like, okay. Okay, where's the signature? I just signed. I didn't see the property until, um, I think, renovation, closing, after closing. 
I went out to see the property. He kept saying, "Oh, this is a great property, this and that." And <laughs> and I, in my mind, all I thought was, "Okay, so I'm supposed to be um like buying it with this guy." You know the joint venture thing, like yeah. you put down, the, put up the, all the capital and credit. I was supposed to be the money partner, and uh, in my mind, I was thinking, "Okay, if." This relationship doesn't work out. At least I'm on title. I could just kick him out. <laughs> he doesn't know. He doesn't know. That's in the back of my mind. I love mind. that. I love that. But at least the worst case scenario. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> but it's true. Um, it turned out to be one of the best decision ever. Uh, we bought the property for two hundred and thirty. Put in like maybe thirty thousand dollars to renovate the basement or something. Now six bedroom and it's been rented for twenty seven hundred dollars since. Pretty much three months in. Yeah, um, got it. Good for you. Today, yeah. Yeah, and you survive. So you're, yeah, you're surviving real estate properties. You're surviving yeah. building your own business, yeah. and you're surviving it all. If you can handle all that, then pretty much you can do anything. Maybe you're going to swim one day. Maybe you'll swim to Hong Kong. Now that's too far <laughs> going that way. No, no. no, you can't go that. It's too far. Um, but yeah, you're a tough, awesome example for all of us. I think we can all learn just from your journey. That's a lot to learn for from for all of us. So something I want to ask you is just about real estate, I guess, in general. Mm-hmm. Um, what is top of mind? What's getting? Is CRA coming down on anything? I think HST is coming up a lot. What What are you seeing from the tax front that real estate investors should know about or you want to talk about? Um, so... CRA has a website a couple of years back since 2015. They have been telling the whole world that they are trying to crack down all these um, uh, real estate, uh, whatever fraud that they could find. Essentially, the easiest and lowest hang- hanging fruit is HSD rebate uh, for people who buy a, um, a brand new house or a brand new condo and claim that they move in and they would um, they do not move in and they rent it out immediately. And so we've seen a lot of cases that um, uh, people are getting audited. And when I do my own research to do my uh, to write my blog post, I see these court cases keep coming up and up. Essentially, HST rebate. Um, if you buy a property, you don't live there, you rent it out first. Even if you move back in there within a year, you still don't qualify to claim the rebate. You have to be the first one moving, living it. Are they claiming the rebate or if they're buying like a pre-construction condo, is the builder uh, getting that the, rebate? Yeah, they assigned the bill. The, the, you're signing that rebate to the yeah. builder. So yeah. then they are moving in. And then what, the person who bought the condo is having to pay that HST rebate out of their pocket? Or so, are they going after, can so, you go after the builder then? Um, so the way it works is that they, um, they the only way that you can assign the HSD rebate to the builder is that if you Oh, if you say you're in, moving in. Yes. So they're saying they're moving in, yeah. but then they don't actually. So it falls on you. Yeah. You, you, you've yeah. done the thing. Yeah, because yeah. you've assigned it back. So they're coming yeah. back to you saying, hey, hey you, you owe us the money back. Got it. So yeah. the builder's in the clear. You owe the money to the government. No surprise yeah. there. And yeah. you're, you're, yeah, and you're not, you're not going to really be able to win that. Like that's going to be cu- pretty cut and dry. Yeah. So um, they are cracking down on it, probably based on the, on the, uh, on tenants, I don't know, address, home address. If they change, everyone would oh change their mailing new condo, address, It must right? be like, it might just be like, you know, picking apples from the tree. That's how easy it's going to be to do that. Yeah. A little bit of cross-reference. Yeah, yeah a little you, bit you of work on CRA's front. They're going to figure that out. Yeah. So like with a one-year lease, which you would have normally for a real estate investor, you would be able to get the same amount back. Uh, you just need to pay the HST upfront. And at the time of, um, um, at the time when the lease is, when you rent it out with a one-year lease, you just need to apply, and then you would be able to yeah. get the money back. It's easy. I think that's what most people don't realize, though, because they buy these new properties from the builder. They're going through this list of documents. Mm-hmm. They're, okay, sign here, sign here. Most yeah. people aren't reading half the stuff they're signing, yeah. let's be honest. And they don't even realize that if they do it the right way, that, yeah, it's a little bit of extra money up front, up front that you have to pay, but you're entitled to the same rebate. You just got to go take a different path to it. Yeah. And what is it? You have to, you, you have to be renting it out. Uh, you can be renting it out, but it's got to be a minimum of one year to yes, another family, right? So it's, it's got to be a minimum of a one-year lease. So you can't yeah. go month to month. But if you sign a one-year lease, then you're entitled to this rebate. Well, if you made a mistake, uh, I have a solution. So all you need to do, um, it's not as simple, but you just need to fill out the form with a new residential rental rebate. It's called new residential rental rebate form. And you just fill it out properly, submit it to CLA, write a letter saying that while you claim it on, uh, mistakenly claim it under the new residential housing rebate, not the rental rebate. Um, so can you transfer the credit to over to the new rental rebate? And they can do it. Um, as, as long as it's done within two years, because the rental rebate, you can only claim it within two years after closing. 
Got it. Okay. Yeah, so it's, so it's you've seen that be successful. So if CRAs, you, have you seen that be successful? If CRAs come back to people who have mistakenly claimed it and they've said, look, it's actually a rental. Here's the lease. They've been able to kind of, I guess they would have to initially pay the fine and then go back and apply for the, the, the rental rebate. Um, so actually, I just read a case last night. Um, the same, like this taxpayer was the one who got caught by CLA, didn't move in. Um, and the judge actually made a comment. Well, the, he, the taxpayer appealed um, because when she came back, she paid it, like you said. She paid for paid the fine and paid for the residential rebate back, all back to CLA. But they passed, uh, she passed um, um, the two-year deadline. And so she appealed to um, the court. And the judge said, well, there's nothing I could have done. But what you could, should have done is that you submit, like I said, uh, you submit the application at the time, just transfer the credit over to the rental rebate because it's probably the same amount anyway. Hmm. So then that would have still allow her to apply throughout that, that period. Uh, but because it's after the fact, you would not... The deadline mm-hmm. is pretty cut and dry. We yeah, also hear a lot of... CRA com- by the time CRA comes back to some people, yeah. it could be late. Yeah, yes. okay, I see. And we're seeing a lot of dirty business too. This is separate from anything to do with CRA or mm-hmm. somewhere where some people we've heard of in Toronto that are purposely going around and buying condos, getting the person to sell the condo to declare that they haven't moved into it, and they're innocently doing that. Then they buy the condo and claim the HSD credit and then the government's coming after the person who sold the condo yeah. because they they mistakenly said they were going to move in. Because like Nick said, I think a lot of people just don't even know what's going on when they buy a condo with so much paperwork. Yeah. And these people are preying on these people. Uh, it's nasty business. You know, like it's yeah. it's, it's just kind of bullshit. Yeah. But uh, it's unfortunate that, that stuff's happening. Yeah. But it's not a CRA issue. Yeah. But it's just people playing with the rebate money a little bit. And, you know, some people are getting caught and it's costing them thousands of dollars unknowingly. Yeah, right. it's $24,000. It's quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. I forget yeah. the calculation yeah. on that. That's right. Okay, so there's that whole HST issue. And then just in general, um, I, I don't even really know if I want to talk about corporations <laughs> with real estate. Because like, there's so many. Like, When you get like three accountants together in a room, yep. n- they will not agree. On oh, using yeah. corporations. It's like you guys will get together and it's like getting three lawyers in a room. They're never going to agree about anything. You get three accountants in the room. It's the same thing. Yeah. But so having said that, <laughs> what what is what do, you, do do people, is it wise to use corporations to own real estate or not? So we have, uh, like, I have revised uh, seven questions that I normally offer to my cl- uh, my prospects to determine whether they should incorporate. One one big thing is your strategies, right? So if you're buying flips, your your intention is to do flips or assignments, pre-construction assignments, or you are thinking of doing land developments, those are active business. 100% put it in a corporation. They are real business. Now, if you're doing, we're talking about buying long-term buy and hold, and it goes back to your long-term goal, right? If you're thinking of, well, I'm going to build uh, an empire, at some point you would think that your personal name would be um, would be uh, taking on too much risk. Uh, I have a client who is uh, um, the uh, real estate expert in a joint venture deal, and he's the one running the business day to day, client facing side, so tenant uh, managing the the contractor and all that. And somehow someone got like fell at the property, slip and fall, and sue the property owner. Um, so his joint venture partner and him all together, and the insurance company is not insuring him, who's not on title. And so like to a certain extent, like like. Uh, I don't know how, like, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know if uh, a corporation is going to provide much help. But in a way, like, you feel better, at least that there and is. From a, a liability yeah. point of view, you're inside the corporation. Yeah. Typically, I mean, we're not lawyers, so yeah. do not listen to this as legal advice. But mm-hmm. we've always been told it's tough to break the corporate seal. Yeah. So that if something's owned inside the corporation, any liability is contained within that corporation. Again, if you're listening to this, get legal advice. Do not listen to yeah. what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah, but and tough, not impossible. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then okay. I also have a... Um, I also have a client who came in and told me that uh, his rental house got blown up by the basement tenant. Blo- what? Blown up? <laughs> well, the, it's like they grenade, took a grenade. A grenade. Launcher, this no. is like a Rambo. So We're it, coming. It, I hate you, upstairs tenant, and they just like Ramboed the thing down. He, he was enjoying himself burn, burning those marijuana oil 
okay. in the basement. So it was all in the news. It's back in the fall or in October in Whitby. So the whole house lift up for a little bit and then drop back down. No way. He yeah. must have been producing marijuana oil or something like pressure. Kind of, what kind of joint be, was this guy smoking? Yeah. <laughs> Some strong <laughs> weed. What pipe was he using? So, so the house was not deemed was deemed unfit to live in afterwards. So the whole house has to be teared down. After. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And it, like I mean, I tell people, well, there is no no. Tax but I mean, benefit. but why? Yeah, there's no tax benefit. Even that, like insurance would. Uh, you have the right insurance. I assume insurance is going to cover. I don't even know. I'm saying that. I don't even know. But I'm assuming the proper insurance on a home covers stuff like that. So that that was covered by the insurance. The the scary part is that you don't know what insurance don't cover. Yeah, and then for liability purposes, okay. Well, but that that's beyond me. People are really setting up corporation for that reason these days. Now, then there is something called tax integration. So if you set up corporation, um, technically speaking, you um, you basically pay more or less the same amount of tax, whether you... I know, I hate this whole concept. Yeah. The government of yeah. Canada, that whole tax integration idea is that even if some of your money is coming in your life from a corporation or some of it's coming personal, mm -hmm. uh, personally, they're going to integrate the tax so that you pay the same wherever the money's coming from. So mm -hmm. if you take out money via dividends, and yep. some personal income it's kind of like i feel like such like it's like a ripoff yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah we're on the same page with that yeah okay uh but um most importantly the latest is that um uh i guess justin trudeau and bill morneau implemented the tax change and um one of the off ramp to the tax change uh in terms of income splitting is that you would be able to structure your corporation and certain people, lower income family members can own shares for over a certain percentage. I think the percentage is 10%. Then uh, those people can receive dividend. Uh, it doesn't, it, the income that they receive would not be subject to the new uh, tax on split income tax so that's okay. that role. capped at what amount like 10 percent of whatever's so if they own 10 percent, it's capped at 10 percent of whatever is coming out of the no, company um, that year no if they own 10 percent share or more minimum 10 percent, then the dividend distributed to them would not be subject to the highest tax rate it'll be subject to their personal tax rate yes okay. so the whole situation would not be um, okay subject okay to so that they're not getting that tax integration stuff um now but then the key here is that uh, if that corporation is providing service, it's it gets exempted from that exception. So uh, providing service means like uh, doctors and dentists. If they intentionally yeah, so they don't want to income split with doctor and professional services. Yeah, this would targeting. mean an accountant too, I guess. Yeah. So so you're getting screwed in this under uh, this scenario. Well, my kids are too young, okay. so it doesn't right. really matter. Okay. <laughs> okay. But you're sending the money to Hong Kong to buy condos in Hong Kong or units or whatever they're called. I can't afford those condos. Yeah, you're buying a little condos. square. You're buying one square foot you're of a buying condo. a mailbox. Can you buy a mailbox? I can't even Kong? afford the parking spot in Hong Kong. See, so. That's why Canada's a great country. Everything's on sale here. Yeah. It's cheap. Yeah, that's why everyone's coming here. I know. Yeah. I know. I looked at the last nine people who bought on my street. I'm pretty sure they're all Chinese. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's so it's fascinating. It's yeah. an interesting time in this country. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so the question through back at CIA is that is real estate corporation a corporation that only own uh, investment properties consider a service corp in this definition got it okay so if it is not then then obviously you can you leverage can, you can this. still split income right but if it is considered service corp then you cannot split income then CIA provide a really um Great area, uh, great answer. Of big, course, big surprise. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. If you provide certain service, uh, then it is considered a service corp. Then you are still subject to the Tossy rule. We call it, the new rule is called Tossy rule. And yeah, so that that was that I thought was interesting. Okay. So uh, there's something else I wanted to ask you about. Well, I, I got to go back to this this rental property thing for a second because I looked it up. So because it's a, it's a great you know with so many real estate investors listening to this, it's a great story. So. It was, um, I guess someone was attempting to make marijuana oil and they think it was butane gas that caused the explosion. It's nice, the whole wall's knocked out of the house and stuff like this. So that's good. That was the lower tenant. So the upper tenant is uh, was someone that, that was worried they had to find a place to live for her and her pet because she had a pet pig that she just, and this is her quote, <laughs> she just wanted to make sure that he is safe and won't be eaten because he is family. So that's, she's worried about her pet pig because of this explosion. Oh and I'm just like, so you, I was so about you to know, say I like bacon. Is that like offside? <laughs> so are this we, in, this on? investor, this investor that you know had a pro, has a property where the guy blew up the basement and the tenant upstairs has a pet pig. That's that's great. She, they, that's a great story for her. She didn't tell me about the pet pig part. All I know is that blown up part. Yeah. So. Holy smokes! Yeah. 
Um, Crazy story. So if anyone's looking for a tenant with I a pet pig, know. if you look up the article, her name's right there. You can Google her and say, hey, I got, I got a place that you and your pig can stay at. <laughs> um, I just can't stop thinking about bacon right now. <laughs> anyway, um, what I was going to ask you about is something Nick and I didn't know once you get into business is that in Canada, we have a pretty good ta- tax structure for small business. So I'm not talking real estate now because yep. I know there's all ins and outs. I just mean a straight up active business. Mm-hmm. We have a really lucrative small business tax rate that I didn't understand. So please correct me if I'm wrong, but um, you can be running a multi-million dollar business and yep. the first $500,000 of net income. So mm-hmm. let's say gross, you make a million dollars. The first $500,000 of net income in this country. Mm -hmm. So if, if after your million dollar business is run for that year, you have a hundred thousand dollars net left over, Mm -hmm. you're only going to be taxed on that hundred thousand dollars at the small business tax rate, which I believe currently it went down. 12 and a half. It's 12 and a half Mm -hmm. now, right? It was 15 and a half, then 15, now 12 and a half. Yeah. It's 12 and a half percent. Yeah. That's amazing. Up to the first $500,000. Then after $500,000, you're taxed at the standard corporate tax rate here in in Canada. But the first $500,000. So let's say you make net $600,000. That's a a big business. If you're netting $600,000, you're a multi-million dollar business now. That means the first $500,000, you're only taxed at 12.5%. Then the $100,000 after that, you're taxed at the standard corporate tax rate. Am I explaining properly? Mostly. Okay. Okay. So there is a qualification to that. It, that's complication. Um, it, even before the tax change, it always happened. If you have a big, um, you borrow a lot of money, um, there is something called taxable capital calculation. If you have um, uh, taxable capital, like all these loans and your injection to the company is over $10 million, then um, that small business deduction, the $500,000 would goes be, away. Goes away. When you talk so. like that, I, I think you for sure got 96% in Waterloo, by the way. When you talk about all these kind of exemptions. <laughs> No, no, but no, 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 yeah, it's really but, good. But I just I, want to qualify it. And there is a second qualification after the rule change is that if you earn uh, more than $50,000 passive income, then that would make a difference too. If you make more than $50,000 in passive income. What do they, they qualify as passive income? Uh, like just investments, like dividends and rental. Rental yeah. property. Yeah, yeah. So if you're making more than $50,000. Yeah. Gro- gross or net? Uh, net. Net. Yeah. But net uh, before capital cost allowance. So it will just be um, lowering your $500,000. Got it. Yeah. Okay. But if you don't make $500,000 to begin with, then it really doesn't. Really okay. And your first exemption kind of makes sense. If you're getting that much injection of capital, yeah. you might be a small business, but you're not being funded by small business. It's like no one's putting. Large- Corporation, they're called large okay. corporations. Yeah, because no one's putting ten million dollars to fund a, sm- a new small business. Like that's generally another big business that's spinning off another business. Mm-hmm. I would think. Um, but uh, in general, I think that's a huge thing oh, yeah. for Canadians in this country to start businesses. I really, Nick and I just went in blind. We didn't even know that. Like we didn't know, we were so concerned about just having enough money to like make it to next month. Mm-hmm. It was probably two or three years before we even had any net income to worry about. And maybe mm-hmm. even then it was like a thousand dollars or something left over. No, yeah. really. To, and then it was like, oh, okay, the tax rate's this. And once we discovered that at 15%, I was happy. Now it's 12 and a half percent. I really think that creates a good entrepreneurial environment here in this country yeah when um small business rate was introduced many many years ago it was 25 percent and now like it has been coming down and down and down to 12 and a half percent so that's why there's still a lot of reason why people would invest in the corporation you build all your asset because you only get taxed at 12 and a half percent so do you have any clients that you're working with or do they have the goal? I guess I'm just asking. I already know what mm-hmm. I'm leading you to the answer here, but I guess um, they don't own anything personally or very little, like just their corporate structure is yeah. owning their life. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I really like that. Like to me, that's a great thing. Yeah, like um, I don't I'm know. I'm trying to think of the negative of that. And what I mean by that is that you might have multiple corporations, yep. maybe a holding company as yep, well, yep. and that you are basically as a person or as an individual, you don't own very much. Well, like there, I just recently did a presentation on family trust. Um, in the presentation, I identify the risk. Like many people own shares of the corporation, but they still own it personally, right? So then that means if you ever get sued personally, you still your your shares okay, of the corporation true. still. Yeah, 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 got it's it. It's hundred percent. Yeah, got it. But the cost to get to the next level of protection, which means that it's all owned by a family trust, is really expensive too, right? It's not for everyone. Uh, but just to clarify the risk, like you need to understand, like every day we we live with all the risks, all kind of risks. I'm just. Oh, yeah, we're just talking worst case scenarios here. But um, the family trust, what does that look like? Like, what is the structure of the family trust? I don't think I even still understand. And we have some 
shit, but I don't even know if I fully understand it right now. So typically, family trust in the past is used as a vehicle to split income with uh, your lower income family. Got it. But is it, a cor- is it a corporate setup? Like what constitutes yeah. a family trust? A trust is a legal ownership, uh, sorry, legal relationship between trustees and uh, beneficiaries. It's not really, it's just a relationship. And so you have this trust legal document saying that you have a trust and you file the tax return for the trust and it can own the shares of your corporation, which I'm guessing that's your case. And when your corporation distribute um, dividend, the trustee who's the, the one in charge of the asset uh, say, well, I want to distribute to your son. I want to distribute to your daughter. I want to distribute to your mom. And within the trust original set of documents, obviously as whoever that set it up as beneficiary. So we set it up and then um, all these people can get their uh, dividend and they can use their low marginal tax rate and not pay any tax on it if you structure it properly. Uh, But right now those are going away because of the new tax rule change. And the only reason why you would have the family trust in today's world is essentially um, two reasons. One is you're worried about the risk. and then the second reason is if you're building a business that you could potentially sell, um, there is a, there is a way to sell your small business, qualify small business to a third party. If you sell it by shares, you can qualify for lifetime capital gain exemption for about $850,000. Yeah, you definitely gain. got 96 at Waterloo, Cherry. Um, Sorry. <laughs> listen, uh, do you tell, when people talk to you, a lot of people just want to get corporations right away. Yeah. Like they're like, Cherry, I want to use corporations for my real estate. Mm-hmm. Is this when you said you had seven questions you ask people, like you kind of slow people down and say, okay, let's look at the big yeah. picture here. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing. If you're listening to this, what Nick and I did, which I think was a mistake, is we took like, we paid three or $4,000 to go to some wealth boot camp or something like that. What was I forget? I took something else. You you I went you to paid something, something to, to go. I think and I paid you like twenty five hundred bucks to go. Yeah, you a, you bought some additional course or something. I, I went a, to a different type of and course. And I met a lawyer, and they basically just said, "Hey, look." At the time, I think we had owned a couple properties, and they said, "If you're a real estate investor, you definitely should own corporations." Mm-hmm. And we went out and incorporated three corporations and kind of like a holding company and like a middle company. And yeah, the real didn't use company. them for years. We didn't use them, but we paid like corporate ta- corporate tax returns, and then we got so cheap that. I said, I'm not going to pay an accountant, sorry, Cherry, uh, <laughs> to, to do $0 corporate yeah. tax returns because they were like 750 bucks just yeah. at zero. So yeah. I printed off the forms from the Government of Canada's website and I just wrote zeros all over yeah. them and I just submitted them myself. And then they would send me something in the, in the mail saying, oh, you messed this up. Like, you have to tell us this. And I would just go back and forth with the government because I didn't want to do these corporate tax returns. But long term, owning the property, we're very grateful. Yeah. The, the way the corporate structure works, yeah. I think everybody should sit down with an accountant mm-hmm. and go through this stuff because oh, the, yeah. the benefits are just so huge. Mm-hmm. You obviously agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's when you put the cart before the horse, right? So like yeah. it, when you're like, you don't have any properties, you haven't started investing yeah. yet, you're like, oh my God, this is amazing, I'm going to own a corporations. You go set up all these corporations and you don't use them. Yeah. Then you're stuck with these damn things. You got to fi- file tax returns and then, or you got to close them down and closing them down is a process well, too. Yeah. So you got to pay to close them. And you have bank fees, that you business bank fees. Yeah, well, I had them for years before I even had bank accounts. So I didn't even worry yeah, yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. But, but, you know, and we, one of, you know, our, one of our accountants early on was dealt with a number of investors that, and he kind of disclosed to us like, yeah, he goes, look, these, I do this, this course, I teach people about this stuff. They all set up corporations. They're all really happy about it. Then they don't use them. And then they're all pissed off they at me because his services. Yeah, because they haven't used them. And I'm like, yeah, to close them, it's work. So we got to charge you to close them. And they're like, well, why am I doing all this? And he's like, I don't know. You decided to do it. Right. So, so yeah, I think that's the thing. So if you're going to use it, it generally makes sense. Right? Totally. But and, and all the things that are going on in the Canadian government with the tax system, both provincially and federally, I just tell everyone, look, it's probably in your best interest if you think you're going to be buying more than two or three properties yeah. to sit down with an accountant and get off the quick tax, you know, like those other self-service tax things, yeah. because the advice that you're going to get is is really beneficial. And sometimes you don't recognize it for three or four years, but the way our accountant set us up, and, and I'm sure just the way you would, Cherry, mm-hmm. it's been so beneficial. Like, looking back now, we're so grateful that an accountant sat us down and said, guys, here's what you're doing. This is why you're doing it. And we stuck with the plan. Yeah. If n- not even for tax, just for liability, like just to protect your other assets. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, what it's, it, it's like, you know, we joke like you haven't really been in business long enough if you haven't been served with a lawsuit yet. Like you got to get at least one lawsuit and then, you know, you're like, you know, in a real business and, um, <laughs> And so I was involved in a business with my friend, Ren. He was getting sued and everyone in the business kind of got circled in. So I got served with a lawsuit too. 
Um, and I drove my dad's car one day and they took the la- that license plate down. They put his name on the lawsuit. They literally put like 50 people on the lawsuit, they, but they wanted him, right? So it's Nick just, got our father on a lawsuit. It's just the way they did it. You should have seen his face when he got the papers. He was impressed. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but that's when it hit home to me. So I was on this lawsuit. I had already had properties at this time. I was in my early 20s. I had properties. And I was like, holy crap, man. I worked so hard for these properties to get those first few properties for me. Like you, you're like, you're, you know, scraping up the money. You don't have the funds. It takes everything to get going. Mm. And I'm like, man, now I can lose all this, all this work. I'm like, this sucks. And that's why I got kind of serious with the asset protection side of things. Like it's, it's important, just the liability aspect of it for sure. Um, Cherry, I want to switch gears a little bit as uh, and just ask you, you go to the, this gym that we go to and sometimes I'm amazed cause there's like, you know, middle of the day and there'll be like six of us there all kind of guys grunting, like, ah, look how strong we are, but really we're not that strong and stuff. And you're there doing your thing with us, which is amazing. Why do you go to the gym? It's comic relief, I think, for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, like, I'm seriously, because there's, I'm curious, why do you, it's a pretty, like, it's a pretty hardcore kind of gym with weights flying all over the place and stuff. Why do you go? Um, uh, I don't know, but so I try uh, drinking in my early okay. early twenties. Okay, I don't um, know where this is headed. Okay, you got drunk. But, you, uh, you basically got drunk in your twenties. Yes. So I didn't exercise much, like not consistently. Like there would be stretch of my uh, t- life that I would go hard at it, and then I stop, like for a few years, and then I go at I got it at again. Again, I think the biggest motivation is that. Um, uh, when you're an entrepreneur, you get really stressed out, and that is the place to kind of just calm your mind down. Uh, you're just sweating. <laughs> you're not focusing on anything else, and you're just trying to get through the workout on its own, or you're just trying to swear billions of times, and still the clock's not <laughs> stopping. But like for me, it's really um, it's a game changer too. Like thanks to you guys to introduce us to this whole world of CrossFit because I could not have thought that I would be able to do so much so much of these movements or lifting weights and I wasn't lifting I'm still not lifting a lot of weights but I'm still like I'm trying uh, every day oh every gosh. time yeah, we yeah, go yeah. there um but it's a huge confidence boost I find that too just the ability to move your body and in, yep. in certain ways just gives you confidence in other areas of life it's weird yeah yeah um Okay, and then yeah, uh, really- we, we talked about the vacations. One thing I wanted to mention is that, look, you, you weren't born in this country. Your kids are born in this country. One thing reflecting back on our parents is I realized that when they came to this country, they didn't have a big network of people to help mm-hmm. them out. And uh, you not being born here, you obviously have a network. So, wait, something I wanted to ask you is, do you ever call CRA and talk to anyone at CRA? Yeah. Do they also speak like Mandarin or Cantonese? No. Because no. I was I was wondering if Cherry ever calls the Canadian t- CRA and then someone over there and you guys are like talking Mandarin or Cantonese back to each other about Canadian taxes because I just felt like that would be amazing. You know what? Look, it's not going to be long before CRA is taking payment with Alipay or yeah, whatever yeah, or WeChat. WeChat. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But, but I just thought that would be awesome. Two Canadians speaking Mandarin and Cantonese about Canadian taxes in Canada. So. Uh, I cannot carry on a business conversation about tax and accounting in Cantonese. You got it. Okay. Yeah. Got so it. that oh, would so answer you your question. Oh, becoming Canadian. <laughs> no, because I always learn it in English. Yeah, yeah So yeah. I don't know debit and credit in Chinese. Yeah, got it. But um, but there are some Chinese auditors, and the thing is, there are a lot of uh, tax centers that are really located in not in Toronto, and they're not as. Of uh, course. Yeah. 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 Of course. Okay, but what I was going to say is just that the network that you are growing here for yourself, the the uh, your kids are going to benefit that from that, whether you know that or not. Like the people that our parents were able to meet and mm-hmm. kind of grow their network was a little bit. Now, Nick and I being born here and educated here, we're growing our network that much larger again. And that's really powerful for our children. Because yeah. if our children want to get a job in so- the software, like I still have tons of contacts in the software industry. Mm-hmm. If they want to go to a different industry, Nick and I have likely worked in five or six different industries and know people in those industries. And that's something we can pass on to our children. And I didn't realize the benefit of that. But that's actually a really huge benefit. Um, yeah. And you're developing your network here and your kids are going to benefit from that. So it's it's a really big thing that you're, whether they use it or not, it's it's a big deal. Yeah. You know, because when you go to some other countries like Hong Kong mm-hmm. or when we go back to Croatia, everyone knows each other. And if you don't know who's who and who's doing what, it's hard to kind of get ahead. Yeah. Right. In Canada, we are very fair. Like there's lots of problems in this country, but it's a very fair country overall. So if you have a good network, you can kind of move through it and get what you want out of this country as as long as you're willing to put the work in. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
I just see you developing your network and I'm just, it, it's awesome. So, you know, it's fun to see you grow your, it's fun to see, we've watched you from the beginning, you know, yes. quit your job, Thank you very much. go into this kind of wild world of real estate and starting your own accounting firm. Yeah. Um, we're just big fans. You know, oh. you're, you're, uh, you're a great example on many levels on a whole bunch of different stuff. Well, we, uh, I am just, I just like to implement what I learned. So I learned a lot from both you and Nick, and it's awesome to take some of your, like all these advices uh, and implement it. And awesome to be able to walk up to you and ask you, hey, how do I approach this sales conversation? And well, um, the answer we give you might not be right, by the way. No, no, it took me a long time to digest the answer. And I'm still trying to implement it. Like it sounds so simple, like over time I finally get it, but yeah, like, it's so sad that in our uh, in our school system, we never got taught how to do sales and marketing, and it's crazy. Still don't. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Um, okay, so Cherry, uh, you have a book. You're about to have a second book, a website. How do people find you? What's the best way? Uh, the best way is through my website. Uh, it's at, I need to say it really clearly, realestatetaxtips.ca. Realestatetaxtips.ca. Yeah. So we'll, if you're listening to this, we will link at, uh, to it in our little show notes at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash podcast. Yep. You'll find the link to this episode. Yep. On that link, we will have the URL realestatetaxtips.ca. Yep. And you, your book is available through that link somewhere as well? Yes, yes. And, and my second book will come out later this year. Whoa, really? You're, you're committing. Yeah. Awesome. That's it. That's Cherry, it. thank you so much for doing this. Really, really appreciate it. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Hey everyone, it's Tom Crads again. So hopefully you enjoyed that episode of the Your Life, Your Terms show with Cherry Chan. And remember, thank you for all your feedback that has been coming in around the podcast. We totally appreciate it. I have a new email address I'm about to release for the email that you can reach out to us with from listening to this podcast. And if you are listening to this and think we have earned or deserve a rating on iTunes, we would please ask that you do it. We're using that as the fuel and the feedback to drive this podcast. So thank you. You can do a rating if you feel like you want to give a review of the podcast. You can do it on there as well. It really means a lot to us. So thank you for everyone who has done that. And if you haven't yet and you think we've earned it, that would be fantastic if you go off and do that. But I guess you really don't need to either. We'll leave that up to you. I think that's it for this episode. Listen, if you're looking for YouTube videos on real estate investing, reports, articles, blog posts, free copies of our book, you can get all of that at rockstarinnercircle.com. So if you haven't visited that yet, you can check all of that out at rockstarinnercircle.com. That's it for this time. Until next time, your life, your terms.